0: parenting is hard few of us feel up to the task the world is shifting quickly and dramatically all of us feel the changes affecting our families the stress and pressure can be intense we are here to help sort the good and the bad provide insight and bring hope welcome to brilliantly brave parenting we're so glad you stopped by
1: Hi, I'm Pastor Brad, and I want to welcome you to season four of Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I'm here with my co-host, Robert Beeson. Hey, Brad, how are you? I am spectacular. You're looking fine today. I am? You think? Yeah. I've got a new hat. I can see that. Yeah, it's, it's a Tennessee hat. It's nice.
2: It's good to be here, Brad. It's a little hot, though. Tennessee, this time of year, not happy
3: about it.
1: Well, You know, I've lived here almost 20 years and um, I'm not used to it. I'm the same. Been here about 20 years and every year about
2: this time I say the same thing. You know, why do I live here? Why do I live here? Yeah, it's. But it's just for
1: three months and then I realize why I live here because everything gets cool and beautiful. And so
2: I can put up with the three or four months of heat.
1: So uh, Tennessee summers are just pretty much the same as like living on the equator, I think. Yeah. It's just muggy hot or standing
2: in a bathroom with the shower going and the heater going
1: you just carry a bar of soap around yep. you don't even need a shower you just sort of use it when it's time it it's that wet folks in Tennessee and I know there are people who live in Mississippi Louisiana and Arkansas and they'll tell us that we're you know we're not tough enough because it's even soupier there but I don't believe it I don't think you can get past like spontaneous moisture this is this is plenty moist for me I agree well, uh, we're done complaining. Uh, parenting's hard too, kind of like humidity. Is that a good segue? <laughs> it's reaching. <laughs> it's reaching. Well, Robert and I are reaching. Uh, last week, if you joined us, we got to really hang out with some uh, really fun. We got to talk with Michael W. Smith. So, if you missed, uh, if you missed, you should go back on this season four. We had a fantastic time. I thought it was great. I mean, what a guy, right? Just yeah, you know. I'm not a, uh, maybe I was a little starstruck, maybe just a little, mm-hmm. uh, but I was fan more boy. just a little fanboy, but more just the fact that this is a real guy with a real heart for Jesus. Absolutely. And after 30 some years, it's still his main motivation. Yeah. That's so rare. You and I have seen behind yeah. the curtain, you know, we've seen the inconsistencies. That wasn't there with Michael. No, he's always been like
2: that. And uh, he's just a very yeah. grounded individual. And as He's as normal as you could possibly imagine.
1: Well, you know, I find anyone who has the courage to uh, adjust their life to the Holy Spirit's leading uh, worthy of inspiration. And our guest today is like that. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't just have to be music.
2: There's all kinds of things that take us to the place where we're saying, this is not working. I need a change.
1: Yeah. It takes courage to change, and it takes humility yeah. to admit that this isn't working. And so I'm excited to introduce our guest today. His name is Aaron Edelheit. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. Aaron.
3: Thank you so much for having me on. It's great to have you here.
1: Yeah, so Aaron, we know because we've read your briefing and your press release, and, and we know a little bit about you, but our audience, tell them, tell them who you are and how you came to this place in your life to write a book
3: Sure. Uh, so I think the first thing that I would tell you is that I'm a workaholic hmm. and I'm driven in ways that I'm not sure I understand, uh, why that I'm driven in the ways that I am. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I came to a place where I was working all the time, uh, working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I kind of hit a wall where, um, uh, you know, I I just hit a real low point, and I realized no matter how hard I was working, uh, I wasn't getting the uh, the quality of work or the results that I wanted. And uh, my personal life was suffering, my uh, social life, my spiritual life was suffering. And so I asked myself, I said, "Wait, this isn't working. I'm not even I'm not getting the results I want." And so uh, I kind of fell back on the uh, the practice of the Sabbath Hmm. and decided that what I was going to do is uh, create a space for myself and try uh, to give myself space where I just wouldn't work. And so that was about 12, 13 years ago. And uh, it started out real slow. I started out just doing it. All I could last was, uh, Turning my phone off at night and trying to get till noon the next day. Hmm. Um, but now I do it all uh, one day a week, and it really transformed my life, not only personally but professionally. And so I, I wrote a book about it.
2: Let me ask you something, Aaron. Um, was there was it a culmination of a bunch of things that happened that, that led you to this place, or was there something yeah. significant that just said I, I have to I have to take a hard break?
3: Well, I realized there was a problem when I found myself crying in the shower, hmm. um, feeling overwhelmed, feeling completely stressed out, and I realized that something was wrong. And this was after a kind of a series, I had I had, had four or five years of tremendous career success. Hmm. And, I, and I talk about this in my book, and I, I, I even knew that I, I had a sense that something was wrong, that something was off hmm. um, before. Um, because I had a year where I made more money than I thought. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm making this kind of money. But I just felt empty um, and I felt like something was missing. And then a series of unfortunate events happened, including like, you know, I fell in love with someone that I thought it was going to go somewhere. And then I, uh, I had some uh, business adversity, and I had problems with a business partner. And then I got sick, and doctors didn't know what was wrong with me. And and it turned out that it was like a misdiagnosed appendicitis. And, you know, coming out out of that surgery and, and just recovering, is I just went to a very kind of dark place, and I realized that my life was not working. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I I kind of, you know, almost in desperation realized, I, like, hey, I, I need to do something different. Mm-hmm. And what I, you know, by now practicing the Sabbath, I have... It has been such a positive transformation for me um, in all aspects of my life that I preach and talk about it all the time. And it wasn't until my last company, uh, I started a company in 2008, buying foreclosed homes, fixing them up, renting them out. Um, Started with 16 homes, built it to 2,500 single-family homes. We had some homes in Nashville, actually. Hmm. Um, and uh, and we sold the company three years ago to a publicly traded real estate investment trust. And I don't believe that success would have been possible if I hadn't been practicing the Sabbath, and that hmm. means turning the phone off. For me, I turned the phone off from Friday night to Saturday night, uh, completely phone off, computer off, etc. I've witnessed a lot of work behavior and a, a lot of how people are interacting with technology over the years that I've been practicing this. And I realized that I needed to write a book, not only about my story, Mm -hmm. but the tremendous overwhelming uh, research there is on how bad it is of how we're being connected 24-7, not giving ourselves a break,
2: Mm -hmm.
3: and also profile a bunch of very successful businesses and leaders that practice the Sabbath in some way, shape, or form. Wow. I love it,
1: yeah. i I know Robert and I both are sort of nodding our heads as you're talking. Um, for our audience, I know there are parents listening who are in the middle of life and they're doing the best they can. They're working as hard as they can. And the only option left for them to catch up is to work that seventh day, hmm. you know to really take advantage of a day to catch up quote unquote. I know I'm guilty of that. Yeah. And uh it's it's sort of challenging for me to hear you s- remind me that the Sabbath could include my phone and my laptop. I wrote that down as you said that. Right. Did you feel that? Oh yeah. Because we, I mean sometimes we we say okay, I'm not going to work. Right. But I'm not fully mowing the yard, connected. but I'm but I'm answering email. Yeah. yeah. So the spirit of the Sabbath isn't being kept at all, but maybe just the letter of the law, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a fair Well,
3: you know, know, that's a great point. And this is the problem. I mean, the phone, I'm like holding the phone, looking at it. It's both the best and worst thing. If you're driven, if you're curious, if you want to be connected to friends, family, and business contacts. And so I am the, 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 I'm blessed that I have three, uh, young kids i have a four-year-old daughter two-year-old son and an eight-month-old son hmm. and um i find you know business or or working on your phone is just one click away yeah. so i'll be sitting on the floor with my daughter and i'll for some reason let's say i'll just turn on a song or i'll take a picture of her and we're playing on the ground she's like papa can you play with me you know I'll, I'll play with her and i'll play with her and then for some reason, I'll look at my phone, probably because I'm addicted to it. <laughs> and then I'll turn away for just a second. And then immediately she says, Papa, will you play with me? Hmm. But I am playing with her. Hmm. But she knows that uh, she, knows she does not represents. have my full attention.
2: Yeah.
3: She immediately knows it. in the quality of my interactions with my daughter, with my kids, on the day that my phone is not on, or the times that my phone is put in a drawer is night and day different hmm. between the quality that uh, when my phone is there and I feel the pull and I know I have things to do and I have emails to respond to. And that's just like one small aspect. you know, and I write about this in my book is when I was running my business um, for Father's Day, after my daughter was born, uh, my wife put together one of those photo album books and was describing you know the you know, basically, uh, my daughter, my daughter's name is Nora. Nora and Papa doing a variety of things. And one of them, and she's like, I don't know, nine or ten months old, mm-hmm. is I'm on my cell phone. And she's in like a baby carrier strapped, strapped to my chest. And it's like Nora and Papa like talking on the phone together. <laughs> and she, my wife meant it as like a funny comment. Yeah, but it really hit me in the gut. I'm like, I'm not yeah. spending quality time with my daughter. I'm not there with my daughter. I'm talking to my, you know, at the time, my CFO, you know, just working on a variety of financial issues or someone else. And it, you know, there's a part of me that's horrified.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's inspiring to hear you you talk and convicting. I'm thinking in my to myself, like, it's so true how... Like we've said, we give lip service to the idea that we're, you know, taking time off. So I'm not going into the office or whatever, but I'm, I'm fully connected to anyone that wants to reach me at any point in time. So I think it's, it's such a great principle of just putting your phone away. How I have yeah. a question for you. Like the other people, obviously, being a successful businessman and an author and just having – being connected to a bunch of people that don't do the same thing. How do you communicate, look, I'm going to be – you're not going to be able to reach me for 24 hours or or whatever. And how, how has that gone over? Um, and what would you say to someone out there that's saying, well, you don't understand. I, I have to be X, Y, or Z.
3: You know what? I love that you asked this question because this is the reason I wrote the book. Mm-hmm. I wrote the book, my book, The Hard Break, specifically for this reason. If a pastor came to you, if a loved one, a friend, a therapist, whoever came to uh the average person who's trying to succeed trying to provide for their family and said hey you should take a break you know you're working really hard you're burning the midnight oil it's not good for you you should practice the sabbath you should create time personally and spiritually and it'll benefit you Hmm. um the first reaction and i know because this used to be my reaction would be well you don't you don't know what I really appreciate that, and that's great. But you don't know what the modern world is like. You don't. You don't understand how we have to be connected. We have to do. Right. I need to be on every day, and this is the reason I wrote the book, mm-hmm. because it. Because I wanted to write it from the business perspective, because I live this life. I, um, and not only did I live this life, but I spent three years researching. There are two hundred footnotes in this book. Hmm. I actually had to eliminate that, eliminate several to not make this a scientific journal studies from Harvard, Stanford, the Center for Disease Control on how bad it is to be connected, to be um, working all the time. And not only that, but to profile super successful businesses like Chick-fil-A, which did nine billion dollars in sales last year. And as everyone knows, they're closed every Sunday.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: They, the average Chick-fil-A does four times the revenue of the average KFC, even though KFC is open every day. Hmm. But I profile consultants, lawyers, um, movie producers. You basically, name, real estate, you, you name across many industries and many different beliefs, Um of people that are succeeding, and not only can they do this, but they believe they're succeeding because of this, hmm. because of the Sabbath. So so how you go about doing it, and this is part of this one thing where, you know, part of the book where I'm telling stories and I'm convincing you, and I, I believe it's very convincing. But then the, the last part of the book is really showing, like, hey, how can you implement this in your life? right. How can you do this? And there's a whole variety of ways. Like one of the tips that I recommend, and this is what worked for me, is to kind of do baby steps. Mm. So I didn't start out um, jumping in and taking a full day off. I jumped in and said, I'm gonna try Saturday morning. I'm gonna try to make it four hours (laughs) with my phone off, which seemed like a gargantuan task. Like, how could you do that? And then, you know, there's also a preparation part. Which is letting people know, like, look, I'm off. And if you know, it's also remarkable. Is it's so funny? Uh, I'll tell people, it's not that I don't do anything on the Sabbath. This is the other thing that I that I talk about in my book. It's not you're just laying in bed doing nothing. Right. But I'll say, hey, I'll I'll go. Uh, how about we meet for lunch at one p.m. And then they said, "That's great. Well, let's meet here. Let's go. You know, families are getting together. Let's uh, let's have a picnic at the park, um, or wherever." And uh, and I'll say, "Great. I just want to let you know my phone's going to be off." And 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 sometimes you know, people who don't know me or the first time they're like, "Well, wait, wait. What do you mean?" And I was <laughs> like, "Well, I'll I'll see you there at one." And you know, we forget, but before cell phones, like. You used to just tell people, I'll you'd be show up. here at this time. And you'd show up and you wouldn't like check or flake out on someone and say, oh, I'm running five or 10 minutes late. And you know what happens? People show up because <laughs> they know you're going to be there.
2: <laughs> That's
3: awesome. And so there, there's all these different tips and tools in the book, you know, which is another small example is some people, to your point, they need to, you know, they need to work every day or they need to you know, uh, or they just feel the need that they have to be connected. And so one example of a a kind of a hard break for some people, again, baby step to kind of leg into, I wouldn't say this is ideal, but they leave work at 5 p.m. There's a lot of peer pressure around work. You know, you don't want to be the first person to leave. You want to feel like you're committed to your company or whatever, but they let everybody know I'm leaving at five. I'm going to go pick up my kids I'm going to help them with their homework. We're going to cook dinner. We're going to be together as a family. And then around 8 or 8.30 when they're in their bed or it's quiet time if you have older kids or whatever, I'm going to log back in and I'm going to go right back at it until I I go to sleep. And so that's like a great – another kind of like way that you can integrate this concept of the heartbreak. I think it's the first step. I mean I personally, and I describe in the book how important 24 hours um, is and how taking a full day is important. But there are a whole variety of tips, tricks, and tools of kind of trying to integrate this concept into your life.
2: I love that. It's it's kind of like our creator actually knew what he was doing when he created us and said, you must have a Sabbath. I mean, he knew that it's it's important for our well-being. It's not just to, to worship him, but it's also for our well-being. I know that just the the idea of pausing and resetting, for me, has been... I've never done what you're talking about, but I'm inspired to, to try to take a baby step towards that direction. I did a small version of that when I was a single parent, and you know it's overwhelming how juggling all the things you have to juggle, but every night before dinner, I would kind of put myself in alone time, and I would just be still for 15 minutes, and kind of a form of meditation, but it really prepared me to get to the next thing that I did, which was have dinner with my daughters. And connect with them. And so it's the same kind of principle of like mm-hmm. pushing pause, being deliberate about it, not filling it up with, I didn't read a devotional. I didn't do, I just laid there and I not took, an, I didn't take a nap, but I just kind of made myself available to God and just said, please restore me. Please meet me here. And it's incredible how that helped. And that's just a small idea of what you're talking about. I can imagine the, the, the payoff to this is significant.
3: Well, the payoff is significant. So um, when one of the most fascinating things, you know, going back to the whole concept of the Sabbath that was created thousands of years ago, what's so fantastic is in my research, finding that the latest in neuroscience research validates a tradition thousands of years old. So let me explain. It turns out that when you're resting When you're not running around like a crazy person and working all the time, you think your brain isn't doing anything, but it turns out that there's a part of your brain called the default mode network that goes into overdrive. Mm -hmm. What does the default mode network do? What it does is it pieces together the information the brain has received and the experiences, and it tries to form patterns and tries to gain understanding. So what is modern work life all about? It's all about being more creative, innovative, problem solving, making the right decisions. And so when you don't rest, when you don't take time off, you're actually hurting your chances to succeed Mm. in kind of the information economy or where the economy is going. And so... It's awesome. It's so neat that you have a, you, this wonderful gift that has been given to us of the Sabbath. And the latest in neuroscience is completely backing
0: it up.
1: Yeah, I, I'm listening to you. I You don't know me, but I'm crazy enough to go on these major road trips with my family. And uh, I went on a 7,000-mile a road trip. Um, across about nine different states a few years ago when they were still in high school. Wrote a book about it with Tyndale. And I found, in that was sort of my first hard break. I like your term, hard break, because it it really emphasizes that it's a, a boundary between you yes. and the rest of the culture. Um, but as a pastor and as a guy who works, so I'm bivocational, I have a day job and you know, and then I do ministry in the evening. I've noticed that in the church or around spiritual organizations where there's philanthropy, it's really easy to justify working seven days a week because you're serving people. Um, And so that's, you know, it's still a valuable tool that we need to be careful to, to respect as a commandment of God, this idea that we need rest. I would say that goes along with parenting. Yeah, like you can parent, and it's
2: true, it's a twenty-four hour job. But if you're not being deliberate about taking time to pause,
1: the same thing you are doing yourself. It's our therapist page, cling and peel. It's self care. Yeah, Yeah, this idea. Yes, that's
3: exactly right, and it's about thinking about the long term, Mm -hmm. not so focused on the short term. This is one of the key concepts of my book: is that. You really want long-term, sustainable success, whether it's business, your personal life, your love life, your spiritual life, etc. And what the Sabbath allows us is it's a regular way to reset and be rejuvenated. And it's amazing. I get a vacation every week.
1: <laughs> well, you know, one of the challenges, right, for uh, type A's and, and really anyone, but especially a type A personality who's driven to succeed, performance, goal-oriented person, is that we really have trouble trusting God with our success, right? Yes. I mean, yes. that's the and real stretch of faith here is if I let go of something for that long, it'll just fall apart, right?
3: That's exactly right. And this is a an incredibly valuable lesson, yeah. That I share in my book. It is incredibly humbling when you turn off and you turn back on and you realize the world kept spinning without
1: you. <laughs> yeah. And I
3: share this kind of funny story from a lawyer um, that I heard where there was a senior partner at a law firm that worked every day. And someone asked him, you know, uh, why don't why do you work every day? Why don't you take any uh, time off or vacation? And he said um, to kind of the junior partner, well, there's two things that would happen if I took a day off, and they're both bad. The first thing is that the firm would go into a tailspin and it would destroy the firm. And the second thing is that nothing would happen. <laughs> and it's like kind of a funny story, <laughs> but it's incredibly telling that like, he's equally afraid that that he is, ne- that him working all the time—that his job is not as important as he. It's thinks. not dependent on him. Yeah, that's exactly right. And yes. just understanding that makes you more humble. Absolutely, it makes you more grateful for life, and makes you more understanding. And and the the other the other thing I wrote this book is that when you create or carve out a space where you're 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 giving yourself this ch- your chance to reflect and just do something that's different than what you normally do and disconnect. It's inevitable that you're going to ask yourself some hard questions or questions are going to pop in your head. Am I living my life right? What, what really do is my spiritual life like? Hmm. And, and, and am I living the life that I want to live? Am I, you know, am I truly engaged in what, what is important? These can be very hard questions. It's very easy to ignore them if you're playing on your phone all the time because you hmm. don't have to answer those questions.
1: Wow, I I honestly think we could talk a long, long time about this because the 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 reality is that there's no one hearing our voice right now who isn't struggling with this. This is a universal yep. issue in, in the modern culture, right? We are all plugged in, we're all driven, our time is so efficiently scheduled that we can do more longer than any generation ahead of us or behind us. I mean, we are we are tapped on the bandwidth. We're, yeah, we're as thin as you can get, right? So this old idea of a Sabbath, this idea of a hard break is beautiful and timely and incredibly challenging. Uh, I know there are listeners out there, Aaron, who would love to get more information about you and your, your book. Where would they go to find that online?
3: Sure, sure, they could go to my website, thehardbreak.com, or they could they find my book on Amazon um, they can, uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, six days a week at, uh, Aaron value, just my name, A-A-R-O-N and then value. And then they can find me on Facebook, Aaron M. Edelheit, uh, the author of the hard break. Wow.
1: That is, uh, that's fantastic. I'm actually going to look your book up myself. Um, one of the, one of the things that, you know, as, as I was listening to you talk and, you know sort of a closing wrap-up is that not only is this important for the parent to be a better parent or the businessman to be a better businessman but this is important for us to model to our kids right that's exactly that's right yeah
3: that's it's so important and i write about this in my book yeah. uh, not to end that on, on a down note but there's a mental health epidemic going on in our country mm. and i believe that it's related to the fact that kids do not have any tools and they don't realize that it's okay to turn off. Yes. It's one thing to, you know, go through puberty. It's very tough. And then you're going through high school and college. You know, the number one way middle school kids die now is suicide. Yeah. College clinics are being overwhelmed with mental health cases, growing double digits every year. Um, this is, this is a, like a really kind of scary problem. And I think that one of the real benefits is that when your kids are constantly watching you, they'll mimic your talk, they'll repeat what you say, uh, and they're watching mm. how you're using your phone. They yeah. see how much time you spend looking at it.
1: Yeah. I remember there was a study that uh, Barna did with the orange group about four years ago on technology in the family and You know, they went through all these statistics about how much kids are consuming media. And then the punchline was, and the only people doing it more are the parents. Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's exactly
3: right. And there's just all these wonderful things like that a Sabbath could bring where you can have like a really wonderful meal. I have this thing where I I call it panic eating. I'm sure we've all experienced. Mm -hmm. You have three young kids. You have places to go. I'm shoveling food in as fast as humanly possible because I got to wipe this nose and I got to do this and I got to change this diaper and all this stuff. On the Sabbath, it's completely different. I mean, you're still running around trying to make sure, but I have all this stretched out time Mm -hmm. where I'm not. There's not this pull to me to go run, do this, or um, you know, answer this phone. But I'm really just there, Mm -hmm -hmm. and there's all this wonderful research showing how. How positive and the, uh, the end results of kids who live in families that have a regular meal together,
2: mm-hmm.
3: the outcomes for them is just so, it, it is it, like if you could encapsulate something into a pill, have dinner, a regular dinner, have regular meals with your kids and the outcomes are amazing. So true. Like in terms of drug abuse, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, how yes. they succeed in life. Depression. It's like remarkable. Yeah.
2: Couldn't agree more. That's such such yeah, a good reminder.
1: Like I said, I think we could go on and on with this. <laughs> and I, unfortunately, we're about out of time. But our, our guest today is Aaron Edelheid. And he's written a book called The Hard Break. It is a, a very timely book for modern families. It is a, a wonderful reminder of the truth that is in the scriptures that God has always designed us mm-hmm. to take a break every week. And uh, our culture kind of driven that out of us. So thank you, Aaron, for being on with us. And uh, God bless you for uh, taking the time to write this book and, and spend it with our audience.
3: Well, I really appreciate and Thank you so much for helping me spread the message of just the real value of the Sabbath. It's our pleasure.
1: Well, we're very excited to announce a partnership with the guys that we know from Boise, Idaho, Robert.
2: Yes, we are. New release today. They're fantastic. Very, very relevant for what's going on. If you want to discover new music in the Christian realm, that's kind of the only place to go.
1: Yeah, and not only do they have amazing music and amazing reviews and just a lot of information about Christian artists, but they are creating with us a brand new devotional product call it IRL Resources. Do you know what that stands for, Brad? I found out. You did? What does it stand for? It stands for in real life.
2: That's exactly right, Brad. Very good. In real life, because a lot of times we have these standard devotionals that, you know, that, that we see, and, and we thought that it would be kind of cool to use their expertise in Christian music, couple that with actual scriptural and devotional thought that digs you deeper, not only into the song, but incorporates it into real life. And so, it's a very vibrant and very awesome resource for families and for pastors.
1: Yeah. And so if you uh, have a preteen or a teen in your home and you're looking for a new devotional to do weekly, we have a digital subscription online at IRLresources.com. It's very inexpensive. The first study is free to check it out. There's nothing to lose. You should go there and see what's the latest thing in Christian devotional. Absolutely. You won't regret it. All right. Well, that was, uh, you know, Aaron, he was sort of messing with me.
2: (laughs) So convicting in, in my mind, I was going down the list of, gosh, I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing this wrong. This was an opportunity. And you know, what stuck out to me almost more than anything is the idea that he was sitting there with his daughter playing and the phone rings or he gets some alert or something happens. And then he's like, immediately almost, his daughter's like, Daddy, can you play with me? He didn't actually miss a step necessarily, but it was perceived by his daughter that he had disconnected, that he had disengaged. And I'm like going, that happens to me all the time where I'm just like, just a sec, let me just do this. Let me just, let me just.
1: I got to stop doing that. I just got to put it away. So do you, Brad. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out uh yeah i mean come on it's a uh, it's invasive right our culture the technology it's so accessible i mean the point where you made like where i tell my friends like i'll just meet you at the restaurant mm-hmm. and like, yeah i'll be there i'll be there and there's no way for you to confirm like you're just gonna have to trust that i'm gonna be i mean what where did we go wrong what it happened from man that. Yeah. that used to be normal
2: like if you didn't get a confirmation you actually go is it still happening yeah like no it, of course it's happening. We said it was going to happen.
1: Yeah. We're messed up people, Brad. We've drifted a little mm-hmm. from our base. Uh, you know, the Sabbath, it's a its a biblical commandment, but, you know, as I look at these commandments of God, they're really for our benefit. That's right. You know, this wasn't, a, you know, God didn't invent the idea of Sabbath to punish us Mm-mm. from being successful, but somehow it's gotten twisted up in the last couple hundred years.
2: We need to remember that uh, the God himself rested. I mean, this is not just, you guys are weak. You need, you can only tolerate six days. We don't have a weak God, but he understands the significance for our betterment of taking a Sabbath. Yeah, and
1: there's something about the American culture, too. I
2: was gonna say that. You know, Italy, where we are just. They got this down.
1: Yeah, you go to Europe or other countries, Latin countries, and you're gonna see siestas and you're gonna yes. see a different work ethic. Yes. Um, and, and in America, we sort of take pride in the fact that we never stop,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that we're stronger.
2: And it's gonna be our downfall.
1: Yeah, it's eroding families and it's, ero- it's really affecting mental, mental health. health. Yeah, Absolutely, jinx. Yeah, I mean, it's anxiety, depression. You you could just tell that he could have gone a long way on that conversation, and mm-hmm. I bet his book has a tremendous amount of detail on that. I agree. Well, folks, if you find yourself, like Robert and I, convicted after hearing our guest today, it might be- First but, of all, know you're not alone. <laughs> yeah. Know you're in good, good company. Uh, we're groveling next to you. Jesus, have mercy. Uh, but I do think there's a healthy repentance we can show, right? Which mm-hmm. is, let's- Start. You know, he talked about take four hours to turn your phone off. Yeah, you know, Put it in a drawer. Yeah, and at, you know, from five at night till nine p.m. when the kids are still up and you're having dinner, it's not accessible. Mm-hmm. Let's start with those kind of boundaries. And um, I, I definitely felt convicted. I'm going to do some things differently. I'm too. Uh, I would encourage our audience to do that. And if you want to know more, you want to share this idea with a friend. Hint, hint, like a spouse or something. <laughs> you could go <laughs> online and and purchase the hard break by Aaron. It's on Amazon.
2: Yeah. Any last thoughts? Uh, I don't. I just uh, gonna go take a nap.
1: Okay, (laughs) go rest. (laughs) Well, folks, it is a joy and a privilege to share this time with you each week on our podcast, Brilliantly Brave. We do rely on your support and encouragement, sharing this program with your friends, your family, your neighbors, uh, people that are living as Christians in a post-Christian culture. That's our audience, and uh, we'll be right here next week. We'll be talking with Pastor Sue Detweiler. Thanks, and God bless.
0: Be encouraged, parents, you are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week.
1: What our kids believe is going to define them for a lifetime. According to George Barna, by the age of 13, what a kid believes is what he'll die believing. It is a fantastic resource that I have used as a pastor in my own home church, and I have been impressed. So, check it out. Check it out
0: between. Check us out at iShineLive.com.